الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما اتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا انك انت العليم الحكيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي ذكر الشيطان respected brothers respected elders mothers and sisters listening at home sayyidina umar ibn al-khattab radiyallahu ta'ala anhu's conversion to islam is considered to be a revolutionary event for muslims in general and a great fiasco for the kuffar especially the mushrikeen of makkah the last thing they wanted was to hear hazrat umar radiyallahu ta'ala an embracing islam that is the last thing they wanted subhanallah no doubt this was the dua of huzur alayhi salatu was salam being materialized in clear words he made this dua allahumma izzal islam bi umar ibn al-khattab Allah give strength to Islam give glory to Islam at the hands of Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salatu was salam after completing the construction of Kaaba he also made a dua which is mentioned in the very first para surah al-Baqarah ربنا وبعث فيهم رسولا يتلو عليهم اياتك او الله بلس ذا سيتي اوف مكه وذ ون رسول ا يونيفرسال رسول رسول نوت جست فور ذا عربز بت فور اول اوف هيومانيتي اند ذات دعاء اوف حضره ابراهيم عليه الصلاه والسلام واز اكسبتد نبي كريم صلى الله عليه وسلم was that great nabi prophet born in the city of makkah many a times rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam would say to the companions ana da'watu abi ibrahim ana da'watu abi ibrahim remember i am the dua of my father ibrahim alaihi salatu wasallam one very important lesson is that a father should always make dua for his children always make dua here rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is saying that my father ibrahim alaihi salam made dua for me and i am his dua in the city of makkah we can say that from all the companions Nabiy Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam made dua for Umar ibn al-Khattab subhanallah 
ابراہیم علیہ السلام میں دعا فور رسول اللہ اینڈ رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم میں دعا فور عمر ابن الخطا اللہ عز الاسلام بمر ابن الخطا سبحان اللہ ندیم The companions would say that the Islam of Umar ibn al-Khattab had a tremendous impact, especially on the Muhajireen at that time. Only a few handful of companions. Many of them were Fuqara'u al-Muhajireen, slaves, and their rich masters were Mushrikeen of Makkah. Hazrat Abdullah ibn Mas'ud would say Ma zilna a'izzah munzu aslama Umar radiyallahu ta'ala an From the time Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala an accepted iman and Islam things changed for the Muslimin Never before could the Muslims openly perform tawaf of the Kaaba Now the Muslims were doing tawaf at daytime in front of the Mushrikeen It was never possible before that. But after his Iman and Islam, it was as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala immediately opened up that door of glory at the hands of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. Everything that was impossible now becomes possible. Muslims were now fighting their own battles. They would look into the eyes of their oppressors and they would demand their Islamic rights. This was all done in the time of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. And Hazrat Umar was the 40th to embrace Islam. Scholars have also mentioned that he was gifted with many, many qualities. One great na'ma and blessing that Allah gave him, he was a natural leader. A natural leader. All the qualities of a leader were encrusted inside Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. He was a natural statesman. He knew how to delegate, he knew how to lead. He was born an Amir, a Khalifa. This is Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. And he wanted to be in the affairs of everything around him. He was not selfish. So you get some Muslims who are content. If they pray five times a day salah, they have a decent job, they perform their hajj, they fast, they give zakah, their children are okay, well to do. That is it. They're content. They don't go to that extra limit. Hazrat Umar was different. He was a man who wanted to be in the limelight. Not in an arrogant way. But he wanted to be in the limelight to serve, to be a, a khadim for the Muslims. He wanted to do khidmah. That jazbah of khidmah was inside Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. He wanted to experience the good moments, the joyous moments and the difficult moments of the companions. He wanted to share the experience. He wanted to be a, in into all the affairs. That is why when he once saw some of the mushrikeen, the masters of Hazrat Bilal radiallahu ta'ala an and some of the other Muslim slaves that were being punished, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an would look at them 
and would want to share that difficulty that the companions are going through. So he would start now knocking at the doors of the notorious arch enemies of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hoping that maybe one of them might even torture Hazrat Umar like how they torture Hazrat Bilal radiallahu ta'ala. This is how mukhlis he was. Wallah, what a different character. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. And I mentioned this in the last session. He knocked on the door of Abu Jahal. And he said, I, I just came to remind you, to let you know that I am a Muslim now. If you want to do something to me, you can. What is Abu Jahal going to do to Umar ibn al-Khattab? The only thing he could do was to slam the door on Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. He didn't stop at that. He went on knocking Abu Lahab and the rest of the nobles, the leaders of Makkah, knocking, hoping that maybe one of them might want to give me that treatment that they give to Fuqara'ul Muhajireen, the poor companions. But it was never easy. Hazrat Umar himself was a powerful man, a great member of the tribe of Adi. It was difficult. There was one individual who marked that Hazrat Umar was going knocking at the doors of all the leaders. So he said to Hazrat Umar, understanding what the motives were, he says, Ya Umar Ta'al, come, come to me. Why do you want to go and knock on the doors of the nobles of Makkah? You see that man there? Jamil ibn Mu'ammar whose name is Jamil ibn Mu'ammar go to him and tell him you're a Muslim Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala said that is a good idea why should I waste my energy rather go to the main person Jamil ibn Mu'ammar so who is Jamil ibn Mu'ammar the father of Panchat in Makkah. The father of The father of Panchat in Makkah. A natural newscaster for the people of Makkah at that time. Saying anything to Jamil ibn Muammar would mean breaking news in the Arabian Peninsula. You get some individuals, you see, gossip mongers, they love doing all that. Tell them something and they wait for it. So this was Jamil ibn Mu'ammar. You tell him and it is enough. It is like being interviewed by CNN. You see, they get some people and they say, oh, I've got some news for you. I've got some news for you. What happened? This is what is happening there. This is what is happening there. What are your sources? CNN. What are your sources? CNN. Allah, my respected brothers and elders. Western media is the mouthpiece of shaitan. You agree with me, brother Idris? Absolutely. I like that. It is the mouthpiece of shaitan. A'udhu billahi min shaitanir rajeem. What haq are we looking for? Subhanallah. And you get some kind of people, you get individuals, my respected brothers, who have this evil character. 
Their duty is only inspection, checking out the integrity of imams and of the nobles, of other people, so and so person, that teacher, uh, that man, that businessman, Fala Admi, uh, that president, that chairman, this individual, that mutawalli, how is he, what is he doing? Allahu Akbar. And they go as far as even uh, circulating pamphlets, wala hawla wala quwwata, maligning and exposing things that do not befit that individual. Remember my respected brothers, this is Gunaya Kabira. One fears that that individual before death comes to him, he might die in a state of kufr. This is how evil this guna is. Read Surah Al-Hujarat. Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam stopped the companions performing tawaf and said, the honor of a Muslim is far greater than the Kaaba that you see in front of you. Once, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala an, when you have, uh, when a man has more than one wife, you have generally that the ill feelings that are there. It is natural. So Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha once said about Hazrat Safiya, who was the wife of Huzur alayhi salam, Ya Rasulullah, you got married to her. She's so, so short. She's very short. Huzur alayhi salam, mashallah. But she's very short Abu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam subhanallah looked at her and said ya Aisha this is jiba that you have done and so Hazrat Aisha said ya Rasulullah what I have said is the truth what jiba she is short Abu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Aisha it is jiba because you are speaking the truth it is jiba because you are speaking the truth if it was false that you speak behind an individual, it is a tohma, it is accusation. It is tohma. And you get people, first jiba and then the next step is tohma. Jiba, tohma, jiba, tohma. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us. Wala hawla wala quwwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim. Wala tajassasu wala yaghtab ba'dukum ba'da. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has clearly said. Have a good understanding of your Muslim brother. Support him. Honor him. Look after his izzah. Cover him. Especially now. Cover him. Look after him. Don't expose him. Do his islah. If there is something wrong, talk to him with wisdom and hikmah. Talk to him in a way that you will bring him closer to Allah and his messenger. Not that you will force him out of this deen. Take him out of this deen. Subhanallah, my respected brothers. Today we are in the time of fitna. Shaitan attacks you from every corner. Recently I was reading a kitab of how the shaitan attacks you and how we have to protect the eyes. And let me say this to you, my respected brothers. In the Muslim world, we have the muazzins who give azan from the minarets some from the top some from the lower section so basically this muazzin was giving an azan and it was in the middle of a city so you could see a lot of people walking in and out the muazzin gave an azan 
and whilst giving an azan the shaitan whispered in his heart that giving an azan saying hey Allah salah hey Allah salah look down there's this beautiful Christian woman walking and he looked down it is said when he looked at that lady that was it I'm not sure who said that first sight love and he looked at that lady after Azan, he went and he followed that lady and he said to that lady, I want to marry you eventually that Muazzin became a Christian how do we have to look after our Iman, my respected brothers our youth who go to colleges our youth who go to the universities our young daughters and sisters who go far away from where the parents are what can the parents do subhanallah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us so this man Jamil ibn Muammar was given the information that Hazrat Umar is a Muslim straight away he stood up only one word was said by Hazrat Umar Kad aslamtu I have become a Muslim he stood up and he went to where the people were sitting in front of the haram, the mataf, the group of Qurayshi people, and he made an announcement and he says, Ya Quraysh, Ya Quraysh, Ya Quraysh, O Qurayshi people, listen to me. Umar has become a Muslim, provoking and inciting them to attack Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. And these were professional people, he knew how to play the game to pull the right string at the right time and all the youth and the mob the Qurayshi people got together all of them started attacking Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala no doubt Hazrat Umar was a brave soldier strong man but when you have hundreds coming at you after all you are a human being Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala says what I did was I looked at one of the nobles of Makkah and I saw Utbah ibn Rabi'ah in front of me who was highly respected and I got hold of Utbah ibn Rabi'ah and I sat on top of him while the others were hitting me and kicking me Hazrat Umar was a wrestler so he knew the technique, the moves so Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and put his two fingers on the socket of the eyes of Utbah ibn Rabi'ah and he started pressing it down and Utbah ibn Rabi'ah started screaming Hazrat Umar said to him Utbah you know that I have been a fighter for the, the souk of Uqaz and you know what I can do to you so tell the youth here the mob to leave and to get away and Utbah ibn Rabi'ah was in pain Hazrat Umar was saying I can make you blind from this point and straight away he is shouting at the mushrikeen. He says, yes, listen to Umar, listen to Umar, get away, get away, get away. Eventually, all of them ran away. And they said to Hazrat Umar that, Umar, we will not let you rest in peace. We will make life difficult for you in Makkah. Subhanallah, look at the words that come out from the mouth of Hazrat Umar. Hazrat Umar looked at them and said, because we are few in numbers, if we were 300, we would make sure that we kick you out of Makkah Mukarramah. 
Allahu Akbar. And this statement is an inspirational statement. Why the first jihad of the Muslims, the battle of Badr, in total there were just more than 300. In total there were just more than 300. But Hazrat Umar was saying to them, if only if we were 300, we would force you out of the city of Makkah today because we are few in number. You dominate us and you dictate over us. But otherwise we would take you on. We will fight you. All we need is 300 more Muslims. And when there were 300 Mujahideen, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam declared the battle, the battle of Badr that took place. This is Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala My respected brothers, the hijrah of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala is the only Sahabi are you tired? Not tired. Ne? CNN dekhne se tired nahi hote to bhai hamari takreer se tired ho gaye. Nahi tired hue na? Neend na aaye kisi ko bhai. Khush rahe. Alhamdulillah. Auzu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Ji. The hijrah of Hazrat Umar radhiyallahu ta'ala. The only sahabi, every other sahabi made hijrah in secrecy, quietly, hiding the matter, concealing everything, making sure no one knows nothing, very quietly in the night they would make hijrah. But no, not Umar radiallahu ta'ala. It wasn't for Umar radiallahu ta'ala and to stay quiet. The only sahabi from all the companions of Huzur alayhi salam, one man, Umar, when he wanted to make hijrah, he wanted to declare it to the people of Makkah. And he took a sword, hung it over the neck, and he threw the, the bow over the shoulder, and loaded the hands with a lot of arrows. And he stood up, went to the haram, made tawaf of the Kaaba, with all the weapons, all the weapons. Aaj to sikhone musalman ki tartib leli hai ke talwar ke saath chalte hai, musalman bichare, kamzor hogi. With all the weapons he's doing tawaf. After tawaf, he does two rakats behind maqam Ibrahim. And now he wants to inform the people that Umar is prepared to make hijrah, radiallahu ta'ala. So you had groups of people scattered in the mataf, sitting in circles. This is how they would sit. Hazrat Umar stood up and he would go and visit every circle, stand in the middle, and say to them, first look at them and say, Shahatil Wuju, Shahatil Wuju. May Allah, may Allah disfigure your faces. For you have turned away from the truth that comes to you. Himmat hogi kisi ki? Allah. And then he said, Man arada an yuthqila ummah. Any one of you wishes that the mother should be bereaved and that the wife should become a widow and the children become orphans, then come and meet me behind this valley before I make hijrah. Come and meet me behind this valley before I make hijrah. The only man to make an open declaration of his hijrah. Only man. So we have to study the man, this, the character of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and his, the politics, the siyasat that comes out from him. And there were very few that had the courage to stand in front of Hazrat Umar, but there were a few. 
And some of the youth thought that, let us challenge this man now, before he goes. So they, he was behind the valley, they all came. Ulama have mentioned that Hazrat Umar Farooq taught them a lesson. Huh? A lesson of a lifetime. Asa pita mara ke zindagi bhar yaad rakhim. And now Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala is making preparation for hijrah. Who is to come with him? Two decided to come with him. One was Ayyash and the other one was Hisham. Hisham and Ayyash. Hazrat Umar said to them that tomorrow meet me at this point. If you come, we will all travel together and make hijrah. If any one of us is not there, we will assume that the Meccans, the Kuffar have arrested that individual. And so we will leave. And we will make hijrah. Subhanallah. The next day, what happened is that Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, at that fixed time, appointed time, Ayyash was the only one who was there, Hisham was not there. Hisham was arrested by the people of Makkah, they knew that he was going to migrate. They tortured him and he became a murtad, he apostated. He became a murtad. Ayyash was there, it is said Ayyash and Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an made hijrah very quickly, my respected brothers. Ayyash was with Hazrat Umar before getting to Madinatul Munawwara, the first stop is Quba, the city of Quba. A lot of the companions were there. When they got to Quba, Hazrat Umar was there, Ayyash was there, Abu Jahl and his brother, Haris. They were not going to leave Ayyash or Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. They followed Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala from Makkah and they also got to Quba. Now Abu Jahl was related to Ayyash. Ayyash was the cousin and the maternal brother of Abu Jahl. So when they got there, Hazrat Umar is there, Ayyash is there, Abu Jahl and his brother Haris. Both of them said, oh my brother, your mother has taken an oath that she will not seek shade. This was their custom oath. She will not seek shade and that she will never comb her hair. What does that mean? That after Zawal, she will punish herself. She will stand outside in the intense heat of Makkah. Why? Because the sun has migrated. And she will never comb her hair, as in she will never keep herself clean. Until death comes to her. So now Ayash was a soft man hearing this from Abu Jahl and he said that is this what my mother has said? Hazrat Umar was there Al-Faruq and Umar is saying to Ayash Ayash Abu Jahl and his brother you know both of them are liars don't believe them don't go back don't return with them but they forced Ayash and Ayash was a soft man Abu Jahl was a very shrewd, cunning man. And Abu Jahl said, you've got a property there, you've got money outstanding, that man owes you so much money, so much money. Why don't you come with us, take your money, visit your mom, sort things out and then come back. So he said to Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala, these are my brothers. Kya kaha? Meri baat sunne These are my brothers, my neighbors, my family members. 
I will go. Hazrat Umar said that, look, don't go. If it's money you want, I will give you 50% of my wealth. Subhanallah. But he still said no. He was stubborn. Eventually, Hazrat Umar Farooq said that, if you must go, then take my camel. My camel is strong and very fast. If you suspect anything, turn back. My camel is so fast, no one can catch you. Come back to Madinatul Munawwara, but sit on my camel. And that was a creed. So Ayyash now sits on the camel of Hazrat Umar, returning back to Makkah, with Abu Jahl and his brother, Haris. As they get halfway to the halfway point between Makkah and Medina, Abu Jahl says to uh, Ayyash, Ayyash, you know, physically I am a bit big, and my camel is very weak. Your camel is very strong. Why don't we swap seats? Why don't we swap seats? Take it. Ayash was a soft man. And he says, yes. You see, they were brothers. Brothers. And he didn't doubt Abu Jahl. So he came down from the camel of Hazrat Umar. As he came down, both of them jumped on Ayash, got hold of him, tied the hands, tied the legs, <coughs> put him on the camel, dragged him all the way to Makkatul Mukarrama. It is said that when they got to Makkah, they tortured him and tortured him until he even became a murtad. What lessons do we have to learn from the hijrah? The companions of Hazrat Umar, imagine, he gets to Madinatul Munawwara, Inna Allaha yahdi man yasha, Allah gives hidayat to whom he wills. One very important lesson, my respected brothers, is never to put your trust in the kuffar. Sunay meri Never to put your trust in the kuffar. Now you get some people who say, Oh, Mali Saab, my neighbor is a non-Muslim, but he is better than my left-hand neighbor who is a Muslim. Don't you get people who say that? My respected brothers, yes, there is a possibility that that person who is your neighbor, non-Muslim, he is better, much better than that person who is a Muslim. Possibility. But remember when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks, and when the messenger talks about not trusting the kuffar, there is a special word that is used in the Quran. Take this word with you at home, my respected brothers, as a taweez. Meditate over this one word. And that word is Al-Mala. What is it? Bolesab? Al-Mala. Al-Mala. And Al-Mala is a word frequently used in the Quran. Qala Al-Mala'u al-lazina stakbaru min qawmihi lanukhrijannaka ya shu'ayb. Al-Mala, Al-Mala, Al-Mala. Al-Mala means leaders. Who are they? The Quran talks specifically that you have to watch your back, especially who are the leaders, because it's not talking about awam, it is talking about the khawas of the kuffar. It is the leaders that plot day and night against you. Allah says, بَلْ مَكْرُ اللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ Such is their plotting that day and night they are plotting against you. Allah is saying, وَإِن كَانَ مَكْرُهُمْ لِتَزُولَ مِنْهُ الْجِبَالِ Such is their plotting that they can even move the mountain from its place. Huh? 
ڈیزی کٹرز اینڈ میسائلز گرتی ہیں ماؤنٹن کے اوپر ماؤنٹن بھی ٹوٹ پھوٹ جاتا لٹزول امین الجبال اللہ از ٹوکنگ اباؤٹ دا لیڈرز اللہ سنگ وٹ دے وش وٹ Do kufr like how they have done kufr فَتَكُونُونَ السَّوَا So that you become equal with them. This is what they wish. Islam is not talking about your individual neighbors. Islam is talking about this general term, especially who are in that position, that hierarchy, that post. Uh, they have the power to do everything. And that prime example, my respected brothers, we say that my neighbors are very good, my neighbors are very good. Bosnia is the best example I can give you. Muslims and Christians were living as good neighbors side by side. Same neighbors, sharing everything. In fact, they were so good neighbors that Muslim women were being married into them and they were being married into intermarriage was taking place. All good neighbors, it only took one statement of Milosevic to say that Muslims are bad people and your good neighbors became cannibals pouncing at you and you know what happened good neighbors what happened to the good neighbors kya hua good neighbors ka e one man and things have changed things have changed now Makkah Mukarramah my respected brothers Makkah Mukarramah during the time of Rasulullah There was a better democracy in Makkah than the democracy that we have in majority of the European cities. There was more democracy in the time of Makkah than now. In Makkah, you had Jews, you had Christians, you had atheists, you had Mushrikeen, you had people who followed the faith of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, you had Zoroastrians, you had many many people. All sorts of people were living in the city of Makkah. No problem, no fighting. All of them were accepted in that democracy of Makkah. Why? Huzur alayhi salam says, Al-Kufru, Kufr, no matter how you paint it, no matter what identity you give, it is one system. So Kufr will absorb in it everything. And they will accept homosexuality, lesbianism, they will accept everything. Why? It is all kufr. It is the system of kufr. But when you talk about nur, when you talk about haq, it is never accepted. So when Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam came, the deen of Islam did not fit into that democracy. Why? It is the system of kufr and this is haq, this is batil. So there was a greater democracy. In suke uqaz, people, there was more freedom of speech than uh, Hyde Park corner. There was more freedom of speech in Suke Uqaz. People would scream at each other and point out their opinions. In Suke Uqaz, in the time of Rasulullah, it was more liberal than what we have at Hyde Park. So my respected brothers and elders, we have to be very careful. Hazrat Umar Farooq was Al-Farooq. He did not fall in that trap. He did not fall in that trap. He understood straight away. And this is what we have to understand. My respected brothers and elders, look after each other. As Muslims, we are one. And we have one relationship, alhamdulillah, the Muslim brotherhood. And then we have another system, which is at the humanistic level. As human beings, you have to respect everyone in general. Everyone. Harek ko. 
subhanallah, human on one side, one lady fed a thirsty dog and Huzur alayhi salam said, I saw her in Jannah. Gave water to a thirsty dog and Huzur alayhi salam is saying that I saw her in Jannah. So Islam, subhanallah, is a religion of tolerance, but at the same time, Islam is a religion for dynamic people, people of intellect. Be clever. Whatever you say, whatever you do, make sure your move is the right move. And this we can understand from the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the seerah of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, and the seerah of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وسلم تسليما اللهم تقبل منا وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم نستغفرك ونتوب إليك نستغفرك ونتوب إليك سمعنا وطعنا غفرانك ربنا وإليك المصير برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين